Good morning, Peter Goffwood. How are you today? You're in a beautiful setting. Tell us where you are. Oh, yes. Um, I am. You can hear the music in the background. The band is warming up. We are at the Cape Town Stadium for the World Rugby Sevens. I've got oh. a food truck here. Okay. And um, we're going to be singing some uh, steak sandwiches for the next few days. Oh, my gosh. Those delicious steak sandwiches. And um, I can just imagine the gears must be unbelievable because uh, it's the first time since when? 2019 that uh, Cape Town Sevens yeah, is back. Yeah. Yes. It's, and it's, this is not just the World Series, which will be held in December. This is the actual World Cup. So oh. there's 40 different countries competing, <gasps> and both the men's and the women's teams are competing today and all over the next few days. So it's it's hard for just getting into the stadium. Is, <laughs> I have to say, it's it's like a fortress. So, oh. you know, in, in this day and age of worrying about security at these large events, the, the security here is actually second to none. I mean, it's, it's, it's taken sort of two weeks of paperwork just to get in here wow. with the various chefs and crews and permits and what have you. It's really is like a fortress. I mean, you know, we, they have a bomb sweep every morning and oh, it's quite, it's quite impressive. <laughs> you know, it's nothing is left to try, you know, so... Just remind everybody if they are coming to, if they are lucky enough to be coming to Cape Town Sevens, where, what do they look out for if they want to to taste those legendary steak sandwiches of yours? Okay, so the thing to do is head to the Fan Village. It's uh, it's across the road from the stadium, next to the athletics track. There's the Fan Village. It's a <laughs> massive. Um, big screens here so you can watch the games there's tons of seating there's uh, sort of live DJs and music playing all weekend long and there's a whole lot of vendors and bars so you can actually you know unless you're if you need to be in the stadium for a specific game obviously to support the Blitzbocker <laughs> but if you need to chill for the rest of the time come to the fan village there's loads of food here we're right in the corner next to the booze. Kitchen Cowboys, you can't miss us. So come get a, some nice uh, wangy uh, barbecue beef ribs or a nice rump steak sandwich. But it looking, it's looking festive. There's people, uh, droves of people coming into the stadium already. The gates opened at half past eight. And the first game starts. The first game is underway. They're already playing. Fantastic. Um, I just have to yeah, say. Yeah, that's going to be. You are killing me because I'm sitting here like <laughs> drooling once again. <laughs> so, uh, and it's a beautiful clear day. Oh, it is. It's absolutely stunning. But I, I just think it's absolutely wonderful. And I just want to urge everybody to go and introduce yourself to Peter Goffwood. Say that you listen to him yeah. on Helderberg FM. Grab a photograph. And I just have to say this about Peter, about you, Peter, that you're so gracious when people do ask for photographs. So uh, <laughs> it's really great. Uh, I just want apparently yeah. there are still sorry to interrupt there, but apparently there are still tickets available for today. Ah, okay. Tomorrow and Sunday are sold out. Obviously, Sunday sells out first because it's the finals. Mm. But if you want to come watch some great rugby and enjoy part of the kiosk, there's still tickets left. I think during about 150 rand upwards, you okay. can still get tickets for today. Fantastic. Now, now, Peter, from, from all the gears that is, you know, in Cape Town right now, it's something rather sad. And you've spent, you spent um, quite a number of years in England. You're born there, am I right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, what, yeah. The, your feelings? Your feelings? A lot more emotional than I expected to be, I have to be honest. You know, I was, I was born in the UK. I have a British passport, but I've, I've grown up here. I've spent... Uh, 35 of my 57 years yeah. in South Africa and consider myself South African. 
But I suppose for all intents and purposes, well, I know I have a British passport, so I'm still a British subject. Mm. So uh, torn loyalties, um, unless it comes to cricket and rugby. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I know. I must admit, when I, when I, when I heard the, the, the announcement yesterday afternoon and then the, the announcement that she passed last night, mm. I must admit, I felt quite emotional. Yeah, um, I did too. You know, I remember going to the Royal, I mean, I remember taking off school in, what was it, 1981, to watch the the royal wedding, um, so yeah, I think it plays it plays a large yeah. role in 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 the, in the British uh, mentality, yeah. and also we're still part of the Commonwealth, so it does tangentially affect us. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to think what it must be like in the UK today. I mean, it mm. just must be. Oh, I mean, they, they, they postponed the cricket, so day one yesterday of the five day test was washed out, and day two today has been postponed out of out of out of respect. Mm. So yeah, I would imagine. The entire UK has come to a complete standstill today. So, yeah, I'm a little bit emotional, I have to admit. Yeah. Certainly more than I thought I would be, yeah. Now, the one thing is, is that, you know, the one thing that we've got in terms of food and um, culinary delights, if one can call that, from yes. Queen Elizabeth, is coronation chicken. And I had this yes. debate in my house this morning. I was told, no, coronation chicken comes from France. And I said, no. And, uh, no, no, no. and coronation chicken comes from Queen Elizabeth II's coronation. Tell us, do you like coronation chicken? Tell us a little bit about this. Because basically, it's, a, it's, a, it's effectively uh, a curried chicken mayonnaise. Um, so basically, it's a chicken salad with raisins and 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 a, and a curry and a curried mayonnaise. So mm-hmm. it can be quite a quite a, a lacquer dish. Yeah, you know, I love you, it. You, you know, you have the you have the, the the ability to spice it up as you will. So mm-hmm. I quite like it. Um, I'll, I'll call it a chicken. Uh, I don't normally call it coronation chicken because it always it never has great connotations in terms of flavour. <laughs> if I make it from now on, I'll definitely call it coronation chicken. Now that. Yeah. The, 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 the poor lady has passed. Yeah. No, look, I think it's a stunning. It's for me. It's uh, where it's best is is the Christmas time coronation oh. turkey using leftover turkey shredded turkey meat with uh, with a nice mayonnaise. You know, you can put a little bit of spices to it, some garlic and some ginger, fresh garlic and ginger. And then you can either do your own sort of masala or just a, mm. a nice, good, heavy teaspoon of, of, of Raja's curry powder. Yeah. And then again, you can have it mild, medium or hot, depending yeah. on how you like it. And then I like to put lots of fresh coriander, lots of lime juice, you know, spice it up a little, sex it up yeah. a little bit. You know, it doesn't just have to be a curried mayonnaise. Yes. It's a mayonnaise-based salad that is spicy. So you really can use your kind of your imagination and, and make it as sumptuous as you like. I like adding... Uh, dried fruit and say raisins on it, but I like dried apricots oh. to it and and nuts, toasted almonds to it as well. Make it like a quite a complete salad. It sounds absolutely delicious. And I, I, a couple of years ago, I found sort of like a winter version of coronation salad, and I'm just sitting here thinking, I wonder where that recipe went to. And it was actually quite pleasant, um, sort of like a hot curried mayo. <laughs> Whether one can do yeah. that, but um, yeah. but yeah. And I think over the years there have been a variety of variations on it, but uh, yeah. And I think that's the one sort of culinary delight. But you mentioned that she must have. I mean, the countries that she travelled and the food experiences that she must have had during her reign and her lifetime must have been absolutely phenomenal. Look, I I did some weeding and and, and, um, she um, very, very simple diets Mm -hmm. uh, when she's not traveling or I suppose even when she is traveling. I mean, obviously, there's 
tons of these royal banquets where yes. everyone is out to impress the queen with you know 17 courses of fabulousness oh. but i mean she from what from what i've read you know when she's when she's not traveling and not at state banquets very very simple food uh, mm. things like dover soles one of her favorites wow. um just with wilted spinach uh grilled chicken with salad uh, and parcel to a little bit of Earl Grey tea. Oh. So I would imagine that in her travels throughout the globe and, and particularly the Commonwealth, that, you know, obviously everyone wants to wow her with indigenous food and things that are representative of the country she visits. Yes. I imagine she probably would have had to have a, a, a cast iron constitution in order to be able to politely nibble at all of these meals, yeah. you know, because you can bet that everyone would have been watching what the Queen does and doesn't eat. So she would certainly have to be seen to be nibbling, you know. Yes. Now, I remember that when my children were growing up, I've got one of my children eats with their, their knife and fork the wrong way around. Um, it never okay. bothered me. It never absolutely bothered me. Um, and I discovered that my father did the same thing. And um, my my sister-in-law's comments to my eldest when he was, you know, seemingly eating with the, the knife in the wrong hand and the fork in the wrong hand, her comment to him was always, well, what will happen one day if you end up having lunch with the queen <laughs> and um, and uh, you know and I think that it must have been quite something to be at one of these banquets with you know an array of spoons and forks um, staring back at you hoping yeah. that you would be grabbing the yeah. right knife and fork <laughs> yeah I know well the, my, my thing is always with those with those with those things that the, the the rule of thumb is you know start on the outside and work your way in <laughs> absolutely so that that you can't go wrong that's generally the way to work with it with a myriad of things but no she was i was and i was listening to some of the tributes already this morning on the radio you know and uh, i mean for example when when the icc world cup was there she entertained all 10 of the the visiting captains from different countries wow. and apparently she she makes a habit particularly when it's internationals and of, of she'll she has a little chat with everyone and she'll know something about the country of the person yeah. so whether it's an ambassador whether it's a cricket captain or a rugby captain or whatever it is captain of industry apparently she always had a little something about where you, whether you were from burundi or botswana or wherever she'd always have a little tidbit about that country as a kind of just to spark a little a little a little communication yeah. rather than saying hello how are you kind of thing fantastic so yeah quite a remarkable woman yeah I think absolutely and so I think remember coronation chicken and we think coronation chicken and we think curried mayonnaise it sounds a little weird yes but if you can imagine that's 1952 that was only what six years after the second world war when rationing was still happening mm. and the British were still very much uh, uh, boiled meats and, oh. and, and vegetables it was not the sexiest time for the english uh for the english for the history of english food um and so something like a coronation chicken would have been quite risque and out there mm. uh, in terms of the, the kind of food that britons were consuming in the 50s yes absolutely and uh and i think also simple enough for everybody else to be able to enjoy because that's what it, it's not really a, an expensive dish if you think about it, no, no, no. depending on, of course, what you and put in also, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sure the original version of Coronation Chicken that was presented to the Queen was probably quite an elaborate dish in terms yes. of how it was plated and garnished. And 
I'm sure that was quite elaborate, although we we managed to simplify the salad ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Peter, great to chat to you uh, on this sad day for, uh, for, for England and, and indeed the world because she was an inspiration to so many people and I think her dedication to service is what stands out for me unbelievably. Her selfless dedication to in service of her country and her people and all the Commonwealth oh, nations around the world. I hope that you have a wonderful day today and the weekend and um and uh, yeah, I, just enjoy it and enjoy uh, just chatting oh, to everybody and those wonder, those wonderful steak sandwiches. Oh, no, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be great too. Absolutely. So Peter- those of the listeners who are here, come and say how's it. Um, otherwise, we'll speak to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Peter. Bye. Bye-bye.